Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. Who gonna check me, boo? And Barry Rosenfeld. I need to start drinking alcohol. Now go to sleep, we. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer. And I'm Barry Rosenfeld. <laughs> Barry is laughing. We are having some tech difficulties, but hopefully those are behind us now. Hopefully. Guys, welcome back to another episode. It's Friday. We have this episode, a very fun, I would say extremely fun interview with Justin Sylvester, who you know from being on E! He hosts a great podcast. He was on Real Houses of Beverly Hills with Kyle a few seasons ago. It's it's a great time. Yes. Um but let's honestly get right into what we want to talk about we the should. first um real housewives of new york reunion part one in person during this pandemic and let's just say i think they did it fairly well you know i actually don't hate them being in the separate chairs as opposed to the couches i they're so far away from each other, but I feel like sometimes the couches, it makes you feel like, okay, these three are friends, and then these three are friends. Yeah. And this cast doesn't really need that. They're all kind of doing their own thing. Well, it's also funny, like, each person in their own chair is, like, their own personality. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was all their own the composures like Dorinda was angry the whole time Tinsley was like I just flew in from Chicago blah 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 and Luann just like wanted to sing you can tell like it was crazy oh my God. Ramona's um, just <clears throat> yelling uh, yelling we still I thought it was an interesting choice to start right off the bat with the <laughs> corona stuff because let's just say I felt it was a little bit jarring hearing Ramona just like like shouting about not wearing a mask in the ocean and yeah you know i mean at a certain i don't have the virus i don't have the virus it is (laughs) it is funny to be so loudly proclaiming that you don't have the virus when you just told people that right so you clearly understand that it can be spread so it's like uh, okay i don't it's the kind of thing where it's like I know Ramona's going to do what she's going to do. I do think overall some of the other women are trying to make a point that it's like, we send a message when we're on social media. Correct. Doing whatever. And so like, nobody's really saying that Ramona is like out here giving the virus to everyone, but it's like, come on, use your, use your common sense. Right. Like stop deflecting. But um, they were all in their classic black looks. I think everyone looked fine and great i don't think anyone looked bad but i wasn't blown away by these reunion looks yeah some honestly i like i like leah's just because it's so interesting i like that she really brought her personality to the reunion i think tinsley's also is great like send off for her ramona excuse me ramona and luann's dresses are like so boring and like cheap but anyway yeah you know anyway (laughs) it's I feel like there's a whole category of housewife reunion dresses where like they're supposed to look very fancy but not actually very well made or high quality and it's like they're always like I'm wearing this designer couture and it's like is it yeah yeah (laughs) um so this reunion it was interesting it was kind of like broken up into three parts in my opinion the first part was corona which we got through very quickly everyone just yelling at ramona and explaining to her what the hell is going on in the world and then the second part was all drinking involved and then the third part was dorinda and tinsley which is what i'm most excited for but the drinking was very it it went on longer. It wa- I wasn't bored by it, but it was like a pretty long conversation. Like we talked about Leah, obviously. We talked about Sonia, like reeling it back in, and like I, there was a lot of alcohol talk and like behavior. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's that's the, the part therapy of, session. That's one thing that I don't particularly like about Real Housewives of New York right now is I feel like so much of the of what's happening on the show is either them being drunk or them talking about who's drinking too much and it's like I think in certain cases that works like last season when it was Lou's you know when Lou had to go through you know she had to be sober for her probation that was an interesting storyline but if it's been multiple seasons and the through line is just they all drink too much it's like I right and it's like with Dorinda they've been talking about that for seasons and it's like like this isn't why she's leaving whatever but it's like I'm kind of ready to not hear chatter about whether Dorinda is an alcoholic anymore. Right. And you know what's funny? What I found very interesting that I even said when this episode aired weeks ago, that night in Newport when Leah had her bad night, whatever, in last Mm -hmm. night's reunion, they showed the clip of all the women through the years being drunk and crazy. And then they went to Leah and Leah even said it last night. She's like, why is it, why are we showing me? Like, why am I, my bad, one bad night being like the center of all of this when like we literally just watched a video reel of all of you guys throughout the years being drunk. But again, I think Leah handles herself very well in this situation. She's very real and, and owns up to what she did. She apologized to one of the women like during the video or whatever, but mm-hmm. that is completely opposite from another housewife that was sitting there named Dorinda, who didn't take accountability for what, not one action that or question that was asked of her last night. She was actually sitting there. People were texting me being like, why is she so angry? I was like, guys, I don't know why she's angry. Like, whatever, that's a whole <laughs> other issue. But sitting with her legs crawled, like her body language in general, like she seemed very flustered and it was uncomfortable to, me- to watch. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale, get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence, thanks to Honey Love. So yesterday we were talking at the Beverly Hills reunion about Kyle at the beginning of that episode really had a bunch of different stuff brought up and kind of thrown in her face. And what she did so well was kind of moved through it, apologized to who she needed to apologize to, mm-hmm. kind of like tidied up her little messes. Whereas you see Dorinda kind of doing the opposite of that. She's not willing, she is not willing to apologize for anything except for that turkey baster comment, which we'll get to in a second. Which was the least genuine apology I've ever heard in my life. It was almost like a mockery of an apology. It was disgusting. And like for every other question, she was just deflecting. Like when Andy would ask about her drinking too much, she was like, well, I'm not out every night like Ramona is. And it's like, that's not, like Ramona, we could talk about for hours how she's problematic, but that's not, that doesn't mean that Dorinda's not. <laughs> yes, you're right. But it's to me, then she obviously, we got talking about, I say we as if I was there, but we, the conversation started with her and Tinsley and throughout the episode, not just in this conversation, she was very angry towards Tinsley. And, and it was almost like she was, 
well, I've mentioned this last week too, Tinsley leaving the show, Dorinda took that very personally. And we discussed this too. Like there was something deeper. There was something deeper there. Like what the hell is the issue? So I thought I was blown away by this. I don't even know how this wasn't blown up more. I thought this was the craziest thing ever when Tinsley Mm -hmm. just lost it and was like, you know what? You know, you're mad at me because Scott gave John money and you didn't know about it. That night in Miami, we got in a major fight and everyone was like, what the fuck? Even the cast, they were there. This was a night on the show like a few years ago and they didn't air that. Well, and it was so weird because the other women remembered the phone call, but it was like nobody had put all the pieces together, I think. And we obviously didn't have you know, the crucial unseen production footage. And I think it was so smart the way they used this because all season it was kind of like, there's something there. We're like poking around it. It's really unclear. And then Tinsley left. And so it never kind of, it, it stopped being an issue really. And it's so interesting. I want to, I would be curious to know whether they made the choice to include that footage after they knew Dorinda wasn't coming back or cause I have a feel like that footage to me and sort of the conversation around it. It's like, that's the kind of reason why Dorinda is not being asked back. It's not like one comment she made or, you know, that she isn't interesting or whatever. It's like, it's stuff like that. And it's so, it's interesting that like, Tinsley kind of got the last laugh even after she's already left the show. Yes, but honestly, Dorinda being visibly angry towards someone, like literally you can see it in her, in her eyes, in her face, in her foot shaking the Mm -hmm. whole time. You can't have someone like that back on the show. You just can't until you figure out your, your, um, demons i guess like it's affecting other people you could see throughout the season it was affecting the women like what the hell's going on but what yeah when when tinsley kind of was like fuck you i'm airing our dirty laundry like that's kind of how i felt and i was like go tinsley like you you should stick up for yourself this is bullshit and she still deflected during still deflected from this and it was on film that was I think Dorinda was so sure that they weren't going to show that footage. She, mm-hmm. because, I mean, assuming she knew that there was a camera on her during that conversation, she was denying it so wholeheartedly and saying that didn't happen. I didn't know about that. I never talked to John about his finances. And it's like, girl, there is a video. Yeah. There's like a literal lie. video. And I think that it was so smart that to use that footage because if it if we hadn't seen the footage that would have just been a weird he said she said and we would be like what was this fight that maybe happened but i mean there's no <laughs> there's no yeah. like, denying it now that we've seen it yeah i mean yeah that's the bottom line but um yeah i for i literally just like forgot what i was gonna say after that no but you know what's funny too like we never see sonia in fights or being mean or if she's in a fight with someone it kind of goes away in like two seconds like but she was also kind of mean to tinsley last night too and i was like very surprised by that where it was i don't know i didn't like it tinsley and sonia have always had this weird kind of push and pull where you know like back when tinsley first came on the show and she was staying with sonia and sonia was really like not super kind to her oh yeah i mean it's it's just an interesting dynamic. I think when it comes down to it, Tinsley is making the right decision to leave the show. She seems really happy. Like she she clearly knows what she wants and that's to be in Chicago with Scott. And, you know, I'm happy for her. Well, that's the best thing is that Dorinda was kind of making fun of her for that decision. And, all, and then when Andy asked, all the other women were like, absolutely, I would choose the guy yeah. over the show. And I was like, yes, that was awesome. Like, I loved that. But um, I'm excited for to see what else is to come from this reunion. I feel like a lot more is going to kind mm-hmm. of like, it, it, well, like, low right it's like so we saw we saw like part one the appetizer of dorinda like having (laughs) issues tonight like last night and then i mean there's gonna be some more (laughs) 
some more. Um, some more. So yeah, I mean that was really all that ha- not. I'm. It wasn't a bad episode, but I'm just saying that's all that kind of like happened last night for us to discuss. Um, but who <laughs> out of that? I guess what is your Bravo lab? I'll just say Tinsley. You know, I yeah. I'm happy to see her back, and I like that she she went there in terms of bringing the receipts <clears throat> with uh, for Dorinda. I agree. I will, I will give her um, runner up, but again, I think second week in a row, did I give it to Leah last time? I'm going to give it to Leah because it was her first reunion Mm -hmm. and she handled it and she had her ass out. So, (laughs) and that's not a typical reunion look, but I, yeah, I, um, that, yeah, guys, it's like, you know, we're, this is it. (laughs) Guys, don't go anywhere. Stick around for our interview with Justin Sylvester. We talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and all <laughs> this drama. And yeah, you're going to love it. Yeah, it was a very, very, very fun interview. I do have to say I'm already excited to have him back on in the future. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, we are now joined by co-host of Daily Pop and the host of the Just the Sip podcast, Justin Sylvester. Hi, Justin. How are you guys? Good. You no, know, doing well. <laughs> Making I know, I'm it like, through. awesome. <laughs> right? Shit's getting real on Bravo right now, right? It really is. It has been a week. We recorded our normal episode this morning and we were like, so there's a new city and Denise is gone and Ashley's having a baby. Like it was just so much. So It was like a breaking news. It was like a breaking news podcast. We were like, here's everything you need to know from us. It's a lot. No, it's a lot. And I honestly say that 2020 is like Jumanji. Like, I feel like I can't get out of this game and I'm losing so many people. Like I'm losing the cards on TV. I'm losing Dorinda on TV. Denise is gone. Her ponytail's going with her. Like, I just don't know what else can happen. <laughs> I'm curious. So you obviously talk about pop culture for a living. It's, we all love to talk about it. What has this year with everything that's been going on in the world has your, has your view kind of changed or the way that you go about what you talk about for your job with so many serious things happening in the world? No, you know, for, for myself, and this might sound crazier, I feel like my job is more important now than ever, you know? I mm-hmm. feel like the people who watch our show are looking for that escape, are looking for those moments to laugh and just have a 42-minute you know, part of their day where they don't have to think about the ins and outs of this pandemic, of this election, of all these things. So it was like a lot of pressure on me to make sure that I really brought my A-game because it's hard out there when celebrities aren't doing shit and they aren't fucking up and getting Mm -hmm. DUIs and like swapping, (laughs) you know, relationships like they're on Wife Swap. Like it's tough (laughs) because there's nothing going on. So really to make the little bit, you know, of news happen and make it fetch, as Regina George would say. Um, I just wanted to make those moments bigger and funnier for people who just need that release. Um, I do have to tell you really quickly, Gretchen Wiener said fetch. You're right. You're (laughs) right. You're right. Not the fact check. I'm like this, hang up, bye bitch. I, I, love I feel like we're finally at a point where it's like, it's still a pandemic, but people are like doing enough things that it's like, there's something to talk about. Cause there was a time when nobody was leaving their house except to go for a walk. It was like, we, I can't no, look no. at more pictures of these people with their dogs. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's go back to middle school, go back to junior high and high school when people were having sex, they just weren't talking about it because they didn't want people to think they were hoes. <laughs> Like celebrities yeah. have been doing shit for a long time. They just feel like they can post it now. That's actually yeah. what's happening. 
Like, well, yeah. That hoe's been in the fucking Hamptons this whole time. Okay. We also see the people on vacation who are like able to afford to fly there privately and like go there by themselves. So I'm just like, mm, I wish. But um, so on your <laughs> podcast, you've had some really interesting, fun guests. So who have been some of your favorites or even least favorite or anyone that's like surprised you? You know, it's funny. Everybody has kind of surprised me coming into this whole situation. When people come on my podcast, I often say before the cameras start rolling, because we film it and we also record it as a podcast, mm -hmm. I say all the time, like, I'm going to go there. And if I go there, you are more than welcome to go there with me. So if you feel like there's a question that you don't want to answer, just say it's none of your fucking business. Or if you want me to answer it first, I'll do it. I'm down. And I've had only one guest whose publicist asked me to take half of the recording out. Everyone else has said Ooh. things on the podcast <laughs> and has let it stay. And, you know, normally we're a little lit because it's called Just a Zip. So we have a you know, few shots mm -hmm. of tequila before we go in. So I'm pretty impressed with all the celebrities that have been on. That's I mean, so I was listening to your episode with Cynthia Bailey, and she was talking about getting that good quarantine D about five minutes into the episode. So, so we know it wasn't her. <laughs> we know it wasn't her. And um, also, wait. like that that episode for me too is so special because Cynthia and I talk on the phone at least once a week, okay. and I we haven't talked in a few weeks, and it's been three weeks. And I said, "Fuck it, let's just do the phone call." on my podcast and let's mm -hmm. talk like we would normally talk and that's oh that's fine how we would normally talk we would have a two-hour conversation about what's going on in her life my life job d like all of it <laughs> i like that Cynthia i mean so great these analogies now are so fun to do like that publicist taking all that information out reminds me of just like getting dressed going out like getting drunk with your friends and then coming home and just throwing up the whole night and it's miserable the whole night the whole <laughs> night. The instagram story <laughs> the whole night and i will say it's funny because this girl who i'm talking about it was interesting because she you know has a past and she and she embraces it and she was almost proud to tell me about her past and all the things that she's done and i was pumped i was feeling like Hell, I was feeling empowered. I was like, shit, I need, to, I need to start doing more things. And her publicist, who's trying to change her image, just didn't feel right, but it was weird. But I'm trying to get her to sign off personally, and I'm going to do an <laughs> unedited version. Yeah, it's it's always funny. Sometimes sometimes we'll do we'll have a you know a housewife or something on, and it's like, okay, so like please don't ask them about this. And it's like, okay, but they might go there on their own and and I'm not going to tell them to stop. <laughs> and they do. Yeah, but then they sometimes do. we're just like, uh, okay, so. <laughs> no, as no. long as you're talking about it, okay. I always know when the publicist is on, like literally when the publicist is on a Zoom call and they'd say that, like, don't go there. And I'm like, oh, I won't. But if she brings it up, it's fair game. Uh -huh. And the minute I say like, oh, how was your day? And it's like, well, my husband left me. I wasn't supposed to talk about that. But <laughs> battle is so terrible and I just look into the camera at the publicist and I'm like <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh so Ooh. we have been talking obviously a lot about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills there's so much drama happening you have plenty of experience with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills yeah I'm curious what is your take on kind of everything that's going on right now we just said Denise is leaving all of I mean it's some drama just so you guys know, like, I want to put it out there because I know everyone on Twitter gets upset because I don't put a disclosure that Kyle Richards and I are best friends. You know, everyone gets so crazy, but I'm very honest with Kyle as mm -hmm. she is always honest with me. And the thing I love about her is we might not always agree on the same things, but we'll always respect each other's opinions. With that being said, I don't think Denise should have left the show. You know, mm -hmm. I think every housewife goes through the same things. I think her first season, it's always fun. It's always easy. It's great. Everyone, you know, who hoo's because you're the new girl. Then you get into the season two. It's called the season two curse for a reason. And 
I'm so mad about it because had she just phoned a friend, if she had just called a gay, we would tell her like, yo, uh, you can't leave your story hanging like this. Like, right. you don't there leave. Have been, you there know? have been so many moments where it's like, Denise, I want to, I want to ride for you. Come on. Like, yeah. fight back. <laughs> we, Come on, we Denise. Talked, yeah. We talked a lot about it this morning, actually, like our thoughts and whatnot. And it's, it's, it is hard to put into word. You're just like, it's almost like hanging by a thread and you're just like, go back, like, go back, go back. And We're like selfish do, though. We're like, cause we want to know. We want to know. <laughs> we want to know, but all we had to do, I'm like, it's 2020. If you had this moment where these women were coming at you and it's saying, you know, I heard this about Brandy and I don't mean coming at you. I mean, somebody brings it up because yeah. as a gay man, we've had to deny some shit our whole lives <laughs> and you prepare for it. <laughs> You just prepare for it. Like when you were younger and people were like, I know you're gay, you just knew the response. You know, you didn't over explain it. You didn't try to throw <laughs> someone else under the bus. Like, you know, you just learn throughout the ways. So for me, it's 2020. You're Denise motherfucking Richards. If you kissed a girl and liked it, nobody would blink, bat an eyelash. All right. you had to say was, y'all, this is my bedroom. This is my business. I will tell you when I'm ready to tell you. Yeah. Listen, it's it's it spiraled, I think, faster than it, it was intended to. And I feel like when it wasn't something like we're they're not in college where it just happened and some people found out, but like I don't know. I think we we deserve like an explanation. So maybe she can like, oh, maybe she'll come out with her own show. No. Denise has done what reality TV <laughs> for the next five years. But I'm just honestly, manifesting it. Honestly. I'm just manifesting. Honestly. He who has not denied a body, he who has not said, oh my God, I did not hook up with that person, even though you knew you licked those nuts. Like we've all done it. Like yeah. there's some bodies yeah. I still won't, like I tell people all the time, if you, if you tell people we hooked up, I will deny it. Like mm -hmm. we've all done it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I mean, I just don't know why she's making it such a big deal. Well, maybe because two and a half million people are watching it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a little bit of a scale difference. But I do have to say, speaking of Kyle and Denise, we talked about this too. Like last night at Parcher the Reunion, the women kind of came for Kyle and she handled it in such a different way than Denise did when the women came for her. And I felt personally that that right there, you kind of saw the difference. Like Kyle can handle this. Yeah, but that's the difference. And I... I'm gonna, and I'm gonna say this, and I wanna make sure that I'm very clear. Kyle Richards is kinda sorta like the LeBron James in this moment. She understands the game, <laughs> she understands the court, she understands that if she fucks exactly. up, yeah. she has got to go, you know, 13 episodes later and sit at a reunion and be able to not only explain herself, but, but take accountability. Denise Richards at this moment did reality TV, but it was a different kind of reality TV because it was with her kids and her, and her family and she kind of sort of had control over it. Mm -hmm. It was almost like Denise went on Survivor and was looking for craft services. It's like, no, no, bitch, you're on Survivor. There's no food here. Like, you're gonna be yes, hungry. Right. That's part of the game. She just didn't realize the game, which I don't understand because you had 10 motherfucking years. Right. Right, Countless, I, you know what I mean? Anybody that goes on Housewives post like maybe 2016, it's like you have had more than enough time to figure it out. Yes. So if you're signing up for this, do we we talked to um, Wendy from Potomac a few weeks ago and she just told us like, you know, I did my research and it's like, yeah, do your research. Do your research before you go on the show. Even if you don't do want to watch research. every episode, fig figure 100%. it out. 100%. And um, I feel bad for the women who had to go on Housewives before there was enough footage. Like, yeah. like the, the, the Danielle, the Danielle Staub, it to me is the biggest victim. No, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I, I, like, I feel bad. I feel bad for, like, the yell stop. I feel bad. Like, you everybody has You can't even say that with a straight face. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, also I'm pissed because I thought I was really good at analogies, but you are like spitting them out right now. And I'm just like, damn, I need to like- No, but it's true. Think about it. Like if somebody told me tomorrow, like I have girlfriends who get asked to do shows, like 
for instance, there are housewives on other franchises that have called me to ask me if they should do it. Or like, mm -hmm. they're like, yo, how can I go back after that? And it's like, sit and just think about it. Like, everyone has had something happen. There's seven cities that you can go back and look at the playbook from. Like, everyone has right. to go back with their tail between their legs. But it's about how you come out of the ashes that makes right. sense. There's there's a reason why people have been able to go on the shows and build something out of it. There are people right. who play the game right and end up, you know, somebody like Bethany, she did not go on the show anywhere close to the position she's in now, but she, she made that platform work for her and everybody can do it in a different way. 100%. And it's not always about playing the game, right? It's, it's about not being scared and not being a coward to go back and face everybody head on. Yes. Like there are women that are like, you know, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, you're going to go back. They were so mean to you. Bravo and America won't let you have two bad seasons in a row. Right. <laughs> well, true. we kind of saw this coming because of all the times that she, all the conversations she walked away from. So this was like the end walking away. But are there any people throughout history of Housewives that have left that you agree with, that you think was at the right time? That was, that's a loaded question and also a lot of thinking back to do, but. You know what? I think Bethany Frankel left at the right time. Mm -hmm. the because first she time. came back. Oh, the, the first, first time. time. <laughs> okay. Oh. And the thing is, you can't leave a show and like go and be bomb and then have to come back on the show because then it makes it look like you couldn't hang without the show. Eesh. I just think she should have probably left and kept it silent and just like took the L and like walked away. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah, it's a little bit like, like Nini coming back after her, like Hollywood dream didn't really, you know, no, no shade to no the streets, but come on. <laughs> but, but you need, by the way, and that's the thing, there's this thought that you can leave the show and you're bigger than the show and, you know, the show wouldn't do right without you. But what you're forgetting is, yes, Miss Leakes, Bethany Frankel, Lisa Vanderpump, all these women were very big characters on the show and they were rider, people had ride or die fans for them. But at the end of the day, people are tuning in for the show. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're not right. paying people six figures to not find you another person who can at least try on the heels. Maybe they're not right. maybe be able to walk in the hills, but they can at least try them out. I, yeah, it was the amount of people who will stop watching a show because one person left is no. not, not that many. If you no. like yeah, Housewives, but, you're not going to stop, you know. But don't let those hoes lie to you because to be the ones who are like, I'm not watching They're anymore. still watching. And then you see the <laughs> tweets about how, oh, this show's terrible without well, Lisa. But how you know? <laughs> How you know, Miss Cleo? Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm having so much fun. Um I'm drunk. well you are? Oh yeah, I had a two glasses of wine, honey. I'm ready. What what time is it? Are are you on the West Coast? Yeah, it's 115. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Mm-hmm. It's bomb over here. I love it. <laughs> Have you I'm drunk? Did you watch the trailer for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Did you have a chance to check it out? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> really? You know what I, the thing is, like, I'm going to watch it because I'm so fascinated by Salt Lake City. Um, and every first season is glam. Every first I, season is, oh, my God, look at my car, look at my house. Like, I like when the real shit comes out. Like I like when like you get to your third season and like you're having money problems because like you lease two Bentleys to put on the show the first yeah. season and now like your husband can't pay the, you know, the loan on them. Like I like it when that all happens. So I'm gonna do like what I did with Potomac, which was maybe let the first season slide, slide by, catch up on the reunions, and then I'm gonna jump into it. Uh-huh. Cause Potomac is good. It is. They, I Potomac, mean, every season they bring it to the table, so. Potomac is the, uh, Potomac's the daughter who like started out rough when she was like 12 or 13. And then like you, her, her older sister like got pregnant 
at 21. So now Potomac's just like rocking and rolling. Here like, he is you know, again. Here he is again. <laughs> like, Potomac, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, right. you have that older sister who was like homecoming queen, but then she ended up getting pregnant for her high school boyfriend. Yes. And she still lives in the same city that she grew up mm-hmm. in. But like Potomac is now living in New York and working for yeah. both. She got the glow up. Like, mm-hmm. Yes, she's got the glow up. I think that's what? so funny and unfortunate that that's not, hasn't happened for any other franchise yet. Everyone's like, it comes, it goes, and we'll try this one out, we'll try this one out. Potomac, it's like we made it. I know. I'm kind of mad, they, but tell me if you agree with me on this. Miami should have been. <laughs> I don't know. I will be on Zoom with Barry, and she's like, just a second, I have to put Real Hustlers <laughs> in Miami on mute. <laughs> it's so. I actually answered a question last night because someone asked about it, and I said, I actually just rewatched. It was only three seasons. I feel like no one remembers that. It was very short lived. And then, though, when I just rewatched it literally a few days ago, I was like, it's not that good, but it's still so good. It's still so good. It's and you still know, you so couldn't, good. they couldn't fully tell the, the story. You gotta get over yeah. the hump. You need like three seasons to get it going. You gotta get like, you gotta get used to everyone's accents because everybody has an accent in Miami. Yeah. And you have to, they all talk in code because like you can't expose a bitch on Real Housewives of Miami because she might be, her husband might be in the mob or works for somebody who's in the mob. Oh my God. <laughs> if you blow that bitch's house up, you're blowing everybody's houses up, including your own. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I'm sad now that it might not happen because they've tried, they've started so many other like cities that I think they're like past it. And I'm like, I still have hope. I really do. But I just want answers about it. I really do. I know. It's going to be, I, I think it's going to be really wild to see what happens. And I think if this Salt Lake City is successful, mm-hmm. I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to start to see old cities get all new cast members. Right. I'm, it's crazy because they've never, so there's never been a Housewives show that's been canceled that's been more than three seasons. So all of these franchises that have been around, you know, 10, 11, 15 years now, you know, they feel very comfortable. The individual people might come and go, but they're never worried about, are we going to get another season? And it's like, at some point, we got to start, um, you know, getting a little Cleaning more house. pressure on them. <laughs> no, but that's why they bring, that's why they bring new people in. Let me give you guys a little secret about <gasps> how they roll with Housewives. Okay. You know, when they cast someone, like, you don't really know who is going to be a housewife and who's going to be a friend. Mm -hmm. And every season, no matter if you were a housewife the season before, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to hold the peach. You don't know who's going to hold the diamond. You do not know. And you don't find that part out until you're three-fourths the way in. So the pressure is on everybody to perform because, listen, we saw Luann get demoted and then came back and held the motherfucking apple in the middle the next season. <laughs> they were like, Luann, um, okay, you kind of brought it. <laughs> you kind of brought it. I mean, she had to get arrested and fight a cop in Palm Beach, but she, she knew it. She bought it. it. It's so funny that it's like, you guys, people who don't watch these shows don't understand how serious this is. It's constant. You can't slack. You cannot slack. And, you know, I thought it was fun and games at the beginning, but... When I tell you I am on live TV every single day, people have an opinion about what I say. I can't take anything back. I can't explain something after the fact. My job is on the line. My life is on the line with cancel culture. I would much prefer to do that five days a week than have to be a housewife because it is hard work. It is tough to be interesting. It is hard to take on all that criticism. And once you get over something with someone on the show, you then have to go and relive it and listen to what every person in America has to say about you. Mm -hmm. I would never want to do that. And I am impressed. And when I tell you impressed at the OGs that are still standing after 10, 12 seasons, like the fact that Vicky was walking around here after 13 seasons still on that show, kudos to her. 
I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That bitch is like Jesus, the Eve of of Housewives. Jesus. She was the first woman. Andy Cohen went to her and said, here's his apple, bite this shit, and let's make this happen. And she did it. I feel like that pool in the backyard of her house looks like the Garden of Eden with that grotto and... <laughs> don't, even, don't even come with the pools. How about I wish they would bring back those like flowy tops with like the rhinestone buckle oh, right the, here. the sky tops with a medallion <laughs> right... Right in yes. the <laughs> Okay, like the I'll leave cut. you two to talk about the bikini tops. Go ahead. Go oh ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> before before we wrap up, I do want to talk about um, earlier this summer with all of the Black Lives Matter protests and everything that was happening, you were super outspoken using your platform and particularly loved the panels that you hosted on Bravo's Instagram Thank Live. Thank you. Thank Can you, you tell us a little bit about kind of how those came about and how you got involved and what you what you kind of felt like you got out of it and others hopefully got out of it? You know, it was interesting um, because I am a germaphobe and I am afraid of everything. And when COVID hit, I mean, I built a bunker. Like I got... I was one of those old white ladies who got two ply for years. Like I had two ply coming out of my ears, bitch. I was selling two ply at this point. <laughs> That's all the paper was just rolling out of every orifice. Okay. And you know, I got like, you know, freeze dried food. Like I was ready. I and mean, I was mm -hmm. content and cool with being at home. And when black lives matter started happening and George Floyd, you know, the video came out and to see the people that were marching, you know, right here in my own backyard and to see that they were from every ethnicity, every age, every demographic. And, the, you know, I thought to myself, if these people are going to put their lives on the, on the line for people like me, and I'm not even going to do it for myself, how the hell can I say Black Lives Matter? So mm -hmm. I went out there. I put on two masks. I had gloves. Um, <laughs> And I actually put like Vaseline in the gloves to make it like a you know, oh. paraffin moment. Okay. And <laughs> to get out, you know, there and see what was really happening and to come home and look at the news and the news to tell the story of loitering and looting and all of these things. I really felt like my journey during this whole situation was to show people how beautiful and how unifying, you know, these rallies and these marches really are and how much the news was making them out to be something that they weren't and i was so mad at my own profession at that moment because we're talking about you know oh my god a car went up in flames but you're not talking about the thirty thousand people that were singing we will overcome in the streets of beverly hills right um so you know i pushed it and i really you know got myself out there i was doing three days at some point um and, you know, Bravo came to me and they, you know, were like, we really want to have these conversations and these discussions. And I was like, I'm totally down. Like, let's do it. And if we're going to yeah. do it, let's not be afraid to have like conversations, conversations, because as you know, I'm not a very filtered person. Um, so they kind of gave us free reign and they were very much supportive of every single thing. Um, and I'm really proud of what we all accomplished together. And I will say it really helped in two ways because I think a lot of times on these TV shows, especially Real Housewives, fans feel really invested and really close to some of these women. So to have these women come on and talk about hey, my life, yes, it's fabulous. And I live in this affluent neighborhood, but this mm -hmm. wasn't always my life. Right. And, or I still deal with racism every day. That, that's things that we don't get to talk about on TV every single day. Um, so to have these women come in and connect this issue, this crisis in our country to a face that we all know was beautiful, and the other thing that it accomplished, which again, I know what my job is gonna bring, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but a lot of times, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind, and people don't think that racism you know, exists. But to go back and listen or watch the comments 
under mm-hmm. the videos of the racist people and the trolls talking, you know, oh go back God. to Africa and do X, Y, and Z and all the nasty things that were said. It was really awesome because they didn't realize that they were helping our cause. Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. now showing people who didn't believe that racism existed. Right. You're now showing them on a public platform. And for me, for every bad comment I got, I was like, finally, people are starting to see what we deal with on a daily basis. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it is, because when you watch Housewives, obviously they talk about real life issues and things, but it's obviously through the filter of making, you know, an entertaining reality show. But to see, you know, somebody like Candy having a conversation that's just about this for 30 minutes, and it's not supposed to be some, a scene on a TV show. It's, I mean, it really makes you think about how people that you maybe place in a box of like, oh, she's a real housewife. It's like, that's not, yeah. when the cameras 100%. are down. She's exactly. a real person. And right. it's crazy to me that people were like, well, why didn't you guys talk about this on the show before this year? Why didn't you guys have this conversation? Because we've been having this conversation between our, amongst ourselves for years. We didn't even think it was like, you know, you're, you're immune. Like if I said, oh my God, somebody was racist to me today, my black friends, who are also in the same situation be like so what's new from yesterday like it it just is not the conversation wasn't happening and now the conversation's happening and i am so blessed that covid happened because as fucked up as it might have been and i'm sorry for the 200 plus thousand people that lost their lives and the families that have been affected and you know people's jobs that they lost like that is horrible but I always think about there's always a blessing in the darkness. And the blessing was that we were stuck in our houses. We couldn't go anywhere. And you honestly could not run away from what was actually happening in this country. Mm-hmm. And that hadn't yeah. happened to us in a very long time. We've all been disconnected from one another. We've been disconnected from our friends. We've been disconnected from our families because we have all been on cell phones. We've all been on social media. Now we feel more connected as a country and we feel more connected as a, just as human beings, because we know this is happening and we finally have to confront it. Yeah. I also think that the way you went about it was awesome in the fact that it ended with you being on Bravo and on that platform. Like you were just going out there being yourself and wanting to be involved. And it came to you for you to be able to, help people see and understand 100 percent. and again for me like i honestly was just like and i told everybody i'm like it's not as serious as you guys think it is like i'm going out there to be with people to like unify to march but when i'm there with my friends we're smiling we, we are sneaking cans of beers. We're like talking to other people who were there and like what brought you here and what brought you there. I met people who met at, you know, previous rallies and previous marches. So people were finding love. People were finding booty calls. Like, you know, it was just like, it was, it was really, it was really a gorgeous and beautiful thing. And for myself, I was like, this is, this is, Something. I make fun of the millennial. I mean, Gen X or Gen Z all the time. I think they're good for nothing. After this whole Black Lives Matter situation, I take that all back. It was the young kids who were organizing mm-hmm. this shit. They were Marie Kondoing our asses there. There was a Purell oh. section. There was a water <laughs> section. There was alcohol wipes to take the water tops off. I was like, y- y'all have really done it. <laughs> like walking around with like, like things of goldfish crackers. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was like, y'all are like drug dealers in like Studio 54. Like just like squirting people <laughs> behind. Like, you know, just like, oh, it just gosh. was so beautiful to like see. And I encourage everyone if you feel safe enough and you don't have any elders living in your house or children living in your house, grab a friend, grab a bottle of wine, put that shit in a flask or in a thermos. We all have those like, you know, nobody uses plastic water bottles anymore. We all have about five of them in there. Fill those hoes up with some rosé and go and enjoy and unify and march and scream for Breonna Taylor. It's fun. It's great. It's emotional. You it, might it find feels, a man. 
it feels good to get out there. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a positive experience for sure. 100%. And I'm telling you right now, cause I think I have everything. Like the amount of times I've gotten my throat culture, it's out of control. Like it's crazy. If I make out with a dude, I have chlamydia. I, I'm just like, I got it. It's happening. So for me to go out there for a month and walk amongst strangers and mm-hmm. not get COVID, I will say it's safe. I'm not a doctor. A bitch has never been to school. The closest thing I've gotten to medical school is ER, a few episodes. Okay. Every other <laughs> a night. few episodes. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you don't have to be afraid. It's open air. I wore right. inner tube some days when I thought the crowds are going to be crazy. No one came near me. Justin, this wow. has been so fun. Can you tell everyone where they can follow you, watch you, listen to you, everything? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm on E! every single day at 1230 for um, Daily Pop. And my episodes of Just a Sip come out every single Wednesday. Um, and you can follow me at The Lady Sitter. I'm always throwing up stupid shit on my Instagram. It's a good time. Wow. I just want to have a good time. So fun. We, we all just want to have a good time. We're doing our best this year to, you know, make it happen. Yes. <laughs> Where are you guys Everyone at? We're in New, New York. York. We're at in New York. I'm in the city in Harlem. And where are you? And I, I was um, on the Upper East Side, but I have recently moved out. Are you guys both single? Yes. You have some on yes. for me? How, bitch, I barely have somebody from my motherfucking zill. Okay. That's How hard a, is it though right now? I'm like, it was know. hard before. Have you ever dated in New York? It's not easy. Like COVID has nothing to do with this. Oh, in New York, I get the D in New York. In Los Angeles, it is like Resident Evil over here. See, you can't it's always find a you want man. what. Yes, it's always you want what you Single can't switch. have. So it's the opposite. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> terrible. I feel like the day like I meet a man after this pandemic, it's going to be on and popping. I feel bad for him. Oh. <laughs> well, if you're in Los Angeles uh, trying to date, <laughs> beware Justin Sylvester. <laughs> <laughs> but bring your own Lysol because I don't have enough to go around. Cleaning yeah, supplies. Yeah, you shouldn't share. <laughs> you shouldn't share. Like you paid for that and you found Lysol wipes yourself. <laughs> I drove 45 minutes for some motherfucking Lysol. You are not using this. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Oh my God, I can't wait to do this again because I know we're going to. Yeah, please call me. You know, it's always a good time. We always have fun. Oh my gosh, this has been so fun. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my God, thank, thank you guys. You. Betches.